For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. And of course, this is our Friday wrap-up show. For those of you here for the first time, our show is all about wrapping up the week on a positive note. Wow, there's so much happening in the world right now. It's crazy with climate change and politics and the Michigas in the world. But for the next hour, my hope and my goal is that we're going to take all of you on a journey of positivity. And I have four people waiting in the wings who are hopefully going to help me do that with all of you. So fasten your seatbelts, sit back, and we're going to celebrate. It's National Potato Day. Uh, and I am old enough to remember when Mr. Potato Head uh, was only the uh, accoutrements that came with it. You got all of the pieces of Mr. Potato Head and they would come in a little plastic bag and then you would get a potato and you would put all those pieces of the puzzle together until the potato would get so rancid that you could no longer play with it. Uh, that's how old I am. Uh, and then someone came along with the idea of making a plastic uh, potato head and everything changed. So you can make lemons out of lemonade. That's the goal and the positive aspect of everything. So we've got some great people waiting in the wings. Natasha Lombardi, I see that you're here. Uh, Danielle is here. Uh, Pam Stubbs is here. Francis Shea is here. Uh, Natasha, I'm going to let you pick our first guest of the day. So you get to pick a number, one through four, like let's make a deal, and you will bring our first guest on today. And our word of the day is hope. And my dear friend, uh, Sharon Windrow, uh, picked the word today, and she said hope is something that we should all be focusing on right now. So uh, the first number that we picked is three. And uh, I hope you're ready, Harlan, because you are it. Harlan Ball is here. <laughs> hey, I'm scratching all the negative stuff I was going to talk about today. Okay, well, let's get those out of the way, first of all. I know you've had a crazy week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, maybe one or two people, uh, you were one of the busiest men in Hollywood. Uh, you are the publicist to some of the greatest names in show business, past, present, and future. I think uh, so. So let's talk about the week you've had, uh, birthdays that you've yeah. celebrated. The birthdays, oh, good grief. Now I'm supposed to remember. Um, it's appropriate that I got the word hope because I was Bob Hope's publicist for so long, so, and still am. Um, what idea? I'm blanking on that today is Darby Hinton's birthday, Scott Morrow, Tony Award winner, his birthday is today. Tamara Hayden, who is Cosette and Les Miserables, her birthday was this week. Um, uh, she also was with uh, uh, a client, Theo Bacal, in Fiddler on the Roof. Um, uh, Julie Newmar, her birthday. Uh, I have to actually look at my own Facebook to see who I wish to have a birthday this week. Rosemarie. Rosemarie. Oh, my gosh. I miss so her. Let me ask you, are you the fountain of youth for all of these women? Um, and they keep me young. <laughs> I ask this because so many of them, God bless them, uh, have stuck around for so long. I mean, Rosemarie, uh, mm -hmm. I, I have a photograph uh, that was taken of the night of the uh, Carol Channing Larger Than Life premiere, right. sitting with Julie Newmar and Rosemarie, and Rosemarie holding court, uh, one of my favorite memories. Uh, I was reading today uh, in this book, and it said, go through your photo album and come up with photographs of some of your favorite memories that you can hold on to. And that was one of the memories I was thinking of. Uh, that night, uh, so many great, iconic women of Hollywood all in that room together. Yeah. 
And there you are, the publicist for all of them. Well, we, um, there, I have wonderful moments in history. Like when we did the Smithsonian, I had nine ladies all on the stage at the same time. I had Angela Lansbury, Phyllis Diller, um, Esther Williams, June Lockhart, Carol Channing, Rosemary, Jer Julie Newmar, Florence Henderson, and Tippi Hedren all on stage at the same time. Uh, and just listening to their stories and them talk. Um, we did, uh, we'd had an MGM reunion night at Esther's. Uh, not all of them were clients, but it was to sit around with Olivia de Havilland and Esther Williams and Liza Minnelli and everyone around, everyone but Elizabeth Taylor was there and listening to them all talk. At one point, Esther actually, I don't know, I was the only man in the room. And for whatever reason, I thought I had something to add to the conversation. And Esther reached over and smacked me to shut me up. <laughs> and Margaret O'Brien from across the way said, Esther, let Harlan get in a word. And she said, why? He's not stupid. He's mentally writing down everything we say. So when we're all gone, he can write a book about it. Uh, Harlan, you have honored all of these women. And I know that you always will. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think that you ever would write a book? And I know that if you would, that you would do it uh, to honor them. Yeah. But have you ever thought about writing a book? Uh, <clears throat> I've had uh, three out that aren't uh, related to my life at all. Um, yeah, I, I've been approached. I, I don't know yet. Um, uh, one, one actress called me who I actually, for a while there, didn't get along too well with. And she panicked when she heard I was writing a book. And... She called and said, what, what, what's this about? And I said, it's not a memoir. And if I ever write one, I won't waste time with anything negative. And she said, what did that mean? I said, it means I won't even mention you. So she, we've, we've, made, we've become friends since then, though. So being in this business, and I mean, you obviously are, you put out a lot of fires also. Mm -hmm. um, and when something gets into the press that you want to squash or you want to get rid of. I mean, there was a time where there were certain people who wanted to get it in the press. That's not your style. Um, you know, where, I mean, what's the first plan of attack for you personally? Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to give away your trade secrets, maybe you don't. Uh, is it first sitting down with your client and figuring out what the next steps are? Yeah, first we always have to sit down and say, okay, what went wrong? Um, nine times out of ten, I'm fixing a misunderstanding or something, a reporter or someone. You remember the famous Carol one? Oh. Uh, when uh, the reporter, I was there and I saw the reporter and she, when he asked her, saying, you have a lot of gay fans, and she said, yes. And he said, you're a very religious woman. How do you feel about that? And she said, her quote was... Well, you know what the Bible says, nothing. And if God didn't feel he needed to comment, why should I? I think that's a great comment. Mm -hmm. But the reporter chose to say, when asked about her gay following, she said, well, you know what the Bible says about you. That was all he said. And it completely altered the direction of what it was. Now, the reporter eventually had to confess or failed. He refused to give interviews because he was caught by another gay trade. But... Um, it's just those are the those are the uh, damages we usually have to get out there and say: Do we attack it? Do we leave it alone? Let it blow over? In that particular case, it, it first made her laugh because she thought it was so ridiculous, and then we started calling her, yelling, and and getting mad at her. Then she was hurt and then angry that people would think that she wasn't supportive after all these years. Well, be, and I remember this clearly because I responded to that article. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a letter uh, because knowing Carol and the number of AIDS benefits that she did, the number mm -hmm. of uh, gay pride parades that she'd been the grand marshal of, uh, the gay men's course. The number of gay men she dated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of those things. Um, I uh, wrote a letter and they published my letter with my name and Carol called me thanking me for, she says, you didn't need to go to my defense but she appreciated the fact that I did. So it was very, very nice. Uh, but I want to ask before we bring on our next guest on, uh, with everything changing and in a world where negativity does rise to the uh, front pages, mm -hmm. what gives you hope in your business? 
I've never uh, before in my life has, has my my um, concern for this been so high. Um, I always went, okay, we can we can basically the truth will always. I know it's a stupid statement, especially for a publicist, but the truth generally almost always sets you free. Um, um, I. I'm truly hoping that we wind up, we live in a world where I'm old enough. I've been around so long now. I remember writing, putting out press kits with pages of material and photos and, and soundtracks and things for people to listen to. And now they are the reporters for today. And this is not a negative towards them. It's just the way they've been conditioned with Twitter and, and everything else. They can't make it past 140 characters to get their story. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, it's again, not their fault. It's just the way they've been conditioned. And if I can't tell, if my big concern is always that um, that they're not going to get the full story, and they'll only report on the on the caption under a photo, and they'll think they'll have the whole story, or the public will think they have the whole story. I am hopeful that people are beginning to actually, and I am seeing it more and more and more. They want to hear more. They want to look a little deeper into the story. They want to look a deeper into the person's lives, not make a judgment call on someone famous or not, based on a line that can be misinterpreted in a text, in I hate text, in a text, especially when you use auto text, nine times out of 10, it gets it wrong. That's right. So it's a mistake can often be, you know, the biggest, you know, a a simple talking to your phone can, can screw everything up. And it can go out to thousands of people like that. I am very hopeful. I'm seeing a lot of young people coming in who are actually, digging into or God love them reading the client's book, actually reading the book before they do an interview. I'm seeing a, the fine. I'm seeing some younger ones come in and start doing their homework. So that gives me hope. That gives me hope. So you get to bring our next guest on. So you get to pick a number one through three. What? Okay. And uh, that's going to bring on Martha Barks, who is a, uh, coming from Charlotte, North Carolina, opposite end of the country. Uh, Martha, meet Harlan. Hello, Martha. Hi. Martha is about to uh, embark on a tour. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bring her itinerary on screen here because there's a lot of dates coming up. Uh, And she's going to be opening at the Green Room 42, uh, premiering on September 30th. Uh, for two performances, but you are performing around the country. You're classically trained, uh, and but you are going to be doing a show celebrating the Great American Songbook. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. And, Thank you. Uh, uh, tell us, first of all, what gives you hope? Well, I live by the the thought that he who has hope has everything. Simple as that. So... That's all you need. That's all you need. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. So um, you have performed in New York before. You and I spoke very briefly before the show started. Um, You've performed at Don Tamama, the Metropolitan Room. This is your first time at Green Room 42. Um, Is this your first big tour since COVID? (laughs) It is my first big tour. It's it's interesting to be this age and start out on this process. But in 2018, I, I decided that I've dabbled at this before and I really need to do it and I need to do it right. So Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, how do you do that? I, I have a music director and a a guy I work with, Dr. Maury Ortman, who is phenomenal, but I didn't have, and I, I had understanding, but I didn't have direction. So what did I do? I, I went and I researched and I, I contacted Jeff Harner because he and I right. went to high school together. Wow. And uh, yeah, so, so I, I was the manager of the production that he and Liz Callaway starred in, huh? So you're from Chicago? I, she froze. I am. Okay, yes, okay, got it. Great. So many great voices come from Chicago, isn't that true? Are we all back? Yes, yes. We all come from Nutra High School. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, Jeff is a dear, dear friend of mine. And I know that not only is he a brilliant entertainer, uh, but he's also a great director as well. Uh, but working with someone who's such a close friend, 
What does he bring to the table for you personally? Well, interestingly, we were, we knew each other. Actually, I, I remember him a lot more than he remembered me. So we weren't great friends to begin with. I had to reintroduce myself and I had to pretty much send audition material to him to get him to consider me. Um, and so working with him has been just phenomenal. He's a wealth of great information. And what's your process? Because I know that you're in two completely different parts of the country. Well, I have worked a long time and I have sold some companies and I have the ability to travel at will. My children are grown. I have grandchildren now, so oh, I can get up and go. You have grandchildren? So I do. Oh my gosh. Well, Don't look old enough to have a child, let alone a grandchild. <laughs> well, now I love you. <laughs> you look like a kid. I mean, I can't believe you've got grandchildren. You've got, you've got eight. No, eight, I, I have three. I have two and one on the way and I am in my sixties. Wow. Wow. So what's your secret? <laughs> Lots of exercise. Good. Heavy I see living. that exercise. <laughs> I do. Uh, and you don't use that to hang your clothes on. Oh. No. no. <laughs> Well, I yeah. want to tell you, Martha, you give all of us hope. That's great. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good for you. Good lighting so, and good angle help. <laughs> uh, Martha. Yeah, Dick Clark gave me some good stuff. Before we bring our next guest on, what do you hope that audiences will come away with uh, from seeing your show in New York? Uh, I hope they come away with joy. I think the show is uplifting. I think it is funny. I think it has poignant moments. I think it has everything that you would want in a cabaret show. I think we've crafted it really well. And hopefully I'll be at my very best and they'll come away feeling joyful about their lives. That's May I ask, what are, what are some of the songs you're singing from the American Songbook? If you don't mind my asking. Oh, well, not at all. Beautiful arrangements of... Um, the best is yet to come, accentuate the positive. Um, opening with, uh, well, not necessarily songbook, but the devil may care and um, I'm gonna live till I die. All uh, so some, some good numbers. That's great. So you get to bring on our next guest, one or two? Two. Okay, and that brings on my dear friend, Danielle, who is my psychic sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Danielle. I'm so thrilled that you're here. I love and, you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Once again. So um, you, obviously, because you are in touch with everything that's going on, we are about to go into another Mercury ret retrograde. And I have a friend... Uh, in North Carolina, South Carolina. And she has been posting, you know, if she's watching the gloom and doom of Mercury retrograde. Um, but you can give us hope with Mercury retrograde, can't you? Yes. Well, I actually reframed and reestablished my relationship with Mercury and Mercury retrograde a couple of years ago. And then since then have worked to do so with clients and in the public space as well. Um, the first thing everyone can do that. Uh, the first and most important thing to remember is it's become a popular part of culture now. Um, but when anything becomes a part of culture, it sort of takes on a life of its own rather than the original intention or the original definition of what it is. So in essence, Mercury retrograde is a time when things that are happening in our lives that have happened since the previous Mercury retrograde. And we use that re word quite a lot. So we replenish ourselves. We're asked to go over lessons that we may have let slip to the back burner. Uh, and it's a time where much the same way if you overwork your body and you keep getting signals to stop, if you don't stop, your body will sort of stop you and give you a sickness or an injury or something and say, hey, no, 
integrate again. Mercury retrograde does that for us cosmically. So it's a time when people get very afraid of uh, tech problems and things like that um, because we're being asked to remember to not go so quickly, to not just constantly output. And when something like a hiccup, a tech issue or communication issue happens, we're being asked to slow down, think about ourselves and the other person or people and take a different approach. So that can be a blessing as you choose to see it that way. And then there's always ways where you can go in and reestablish a better relationship with Mercury. So Mercury is the planet of communication. Um, you can, if you are so inclined, look into the deity Mercury. Mercury is ruled on the day of Wednesday. So you can establish a better relationship with um, Wednesdays, which also rule over health. Uh, in another tradition or pantheon, we have Wednesday as Woden's Day, which is in North mythology or the god Odin. So there are lots of different things, depending on what calls to you, that you can start developing a better relationship with that energy and that style of communication to set a better stage for yourself than the traditional doom and gloom. So I know that a lot of people, when they see on the calendar that Mercury retrograde is beginning again, this sense of gloom and doom takes over. Um, but today we're all about hope. Uh, so when you are planning your your months, your schedules, your calendar, everything, are you really looking at all of the elements and putting those together? And how do you go about in planning your calendar in terms of Mercury retrograde? Personally, I try not to place that much importance on it anymore. I am aware of when it's coming. I'm aware to try to, as best as possible, plan a little more time into things because time gets a little wonky with people on Mercury retrograde, whether they're aware of it or not. So just try to not do things at the last minute, not have, um, if you have a, a meeting, maybe not jump on at two minutes to the meeting, try to give yourself a few minutes of silence before. Um, if you can, it's pretty well known to not sign contracts during a Mercury retrograde period, but I have done so when the rest of the universal signs seem to be supporting that. And so if you have to make a new agreement or a contract during a Mercury retrograde period, uh, it's best to try to disentangle from some of the fear around that and just cut yourself and the other party a little more slack, go over things extra for typos or communication issues, and then give it up to God, source the universe and say, I'm trusting you with this, that, that it will be okay anyway. Okay. This no, is I'm really, really great advice. This is really great advice. Yeah, because not everyone can wait until Mercury retrograde is over to do those things, nor should you. It's not supposed to stop your life. It's supposed to give you signs and tools and extra enhancements. So if you are working the Mercury retrograde energy, you can also set aside time during the day or during the week um, to re-examine on your own so that you're not forcing or asking the universe to do that for you by bringing you uh, a hectic Mercury retrograde period. If you're already doing that work, you don't need the universe to bring it to you through problems and pitfalls. So I'm going to apologize to my friend Sherry because she says that she's right here <laughs> and she says uh, not so much doom and gloom, uh, but she's talking about it causing severe weather patterns. Um, the last hurricanes that we had there in Horry County, which is where I'm from, which is where she lives, um, uh, was approximately four years ago. Uh, hurricanes Florence and Michael did a lot of damage in Conway, my hometown, especially Lee's Landing was underwater. Really bad damage. She's absolutely correct there. Uh, and then she goes on to say that you're right on the money and thanks me for having you on the show. So uh, <laughs> she was trained by Cosmo Biologist how it affects the weather back in November of 2002. And his name is Bill Marshall. So we give uh, thanks to all of those. And we're gonna bring on our next guest on. And I think it's someone that Harlan knows very well. And I've had her on the show before, Eileen Graff. I am so glad that you're here today. <laughs> 
He held her back from me. <laughs> he held you back from me. He held me back from me. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I'm as surprised by me being here as you are. <laughs> Thank you. It was a it was a last minute thing. Uh, you were on a list of names that Harlan suggested. Ah, uh, great. So uh, great. I said, well, great. So I reached out and she said yes. So spontaneous. I love people who say yes at the last minute. And there you are. So. Well, like I, I told you pre-show, you're just lucky I washed my hair this morning because if I hadn't, I would have had to have said no because you wouldn't have wanted to see me. I, I promise. Eileen, of course I else out there. <laughs> so Eileen, I'm gonna I'm gonna begin with the same question. What gives you hope these days? Um, you know, my nephew, I have a 17-year-old nephew who Somehow, and his name is Holden, and somehow Holden has managed to grow up with all of, to borrow your word and the word of my people, all the Michigas that's going around on in the world and all of the bad stuff. He's managed to keep his head on straight with a good heart, great sense of humor, a sense of kindness and caring. And according to my brother, his friends are exactly the same way. So knowing that there is a group of kids out there who are sweet and like school and are looking forward to college in the future, my nephew Holden absolutely gives me hope. That's great. Well, what gives me hope is your return to New York because mm -hmm. last year, uh, Eileen was scheduled to be at what was then Feinstein's 54 Below. It's now 54 Below. Uh, she was booked. We had tickets. We were scheduled to be there. And then we get a call that the show is not happening. Uh, someone, was it someone in the theater got COVID or it just, everything just ended? But well, Yeah, no, somebody on the staff got COVID and we didn't know that the show was canceled until after our rehearsal, after our band rehearsal, after our tech, we were sitting in the club waiting to uh, decide, well, am I going to go up to the dressing room? Am I going to get something to eat? When they said, hold everything, they're discussing whether to go forward with the shows tonight. And they indeed canceled us. And it was, it was so sad. I mean, our rehearsal oh. was great. The show was great. I had people coming from other places, Rockland you know, County. driving for hours and hours. And yeah, Richard, you were coming from Rockland County, right? And um, and so it was it was over. And they very kindly got in touch with me. Oh, just at the beginning of uh, this year, at the beginning of twenty two, and said, "You must come back. We're going to rebook the show." We. You know, that was life Oh, in December, last December. Right. So we will be back at 54 Below. You have your dates about. yet? Pardon me? You have your dates? December the 28th at okay. 9.45 p.m. Great. I'll put it in my calendar. But it wasn't a total bust for you because you ended up having, I think, a pajama party in your hotel room. And I remember speaking with you later that night and you said, we're in our pajamas. We're eating. You know, we're having a great time. <laughs> That well, you know, we, we have an apartment and we live in LA, but we have an apartment in New York. So we just, what could you do? We what went home, we went to the apartment and said, whoopee. <laughs> but you know, Richard, we did last year here in LA, the holiday show at Catalina Bar and Grill. And one of my very special guests was not only the um, publicist extraordinaire, but entertainer extraordinaire, Harlan Bowl who is a wonderful singer. He's my student. He's one of my very best friends, but he's been studying with me for years now. And every year he just gets better and better. And I love to have him, I love to show him off, you know, not just because he's my friend, but I love to show off. But I, I think that Harlan's clients need to know that he's got so much more going on than just taking care of, uh, of all of us. He's a wonderful singer. He's a great entertainer. He looks gorgeous in his costumes. And uh, I don't think we're doing a holiday show in LA this year, but you can bet the next time we do, Harlan, you're on. Well, is there a possibility of him appearing in New York with you? Ah, that show, uh, I, I would never <laughs> ask anybody to spend all that oh, money. Oh, oh, the, I, I, if, if, if I can say, uh, Eileen and Ben both have something called make 
and make the song your own. It is a saving grace for me, as for so many people, when you talk about uplifting. It is, as Carol Channing used to say, it's fertilizer on the brain, entertaining, mm-hmm. and, and arts, and you know that kind of thing. And if I didn't have these classes, if I didn't have this, uh, this showcase that I do with other wonderful students she has, I think I would be so depressed most of the time. It gives you an out, it gives you an opportunity to do something creative. You sing, you're with a bunch of people. Um, I, I see many of us walking in kind of after the drudge of the week into court. And when we leave, we're all smiling, we're all happy. Uh, if I didn't have that 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 class, that she, the workshop she offers, I don't know that necessarily there wouldn't be slits on my wrist. Aww, <laughs> well, Harlan, do you have a favorite song that you love to perform? Anything by Jerry Herman. Um, and Eileen will contest to that. I, it's my, my go-to is anything by Jerry Herman. Well, um, I like movies were movies. It's one of my favorites. Um, I uh, just recently did for her, I Am What I Am. Complete and, with costume change. Complete with oh, costume change. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the workshop, uh, actually, our next showcase is coming up here at Feinstein's at Vitello's mm-hmm. on September 17th. So uh, we are. We will be going back into class. It was our showcase was postponed from June to September because I, my husband Ben Lanzaroni and I both got COVID in New York, where we were attending the 50th anniversary reunion party for the Broadway show Grease, and it was a great weekend. So many activities, but our souvenir was COVID, so we had to postpone the um, the showcase. The June showcase is now September 17th, and Harlan is a big part of that day. Well, I want to tell you, I was invited to that party and at Sardi's, and, but I had tickets that night to go see Nunsa, uh, to see uh, Sister Act at Paper Mill Playhouse, uh, which, you know, and the publicist, Judy Tversky, uh, she said, I'm so sorry you can't make it. And then everybody got COVID. It was like a super spreader. And, you know, because we had a dinner party the following week and four of the people from that party were at our party. They couldn't come. Our our dinner party was canceled. So I'm sorry that all of you got sick, but I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad you weren't there, too. You know, Ben and I, it was a calculated risk. We knew we were stepping into something that was going to be dangerous. But and I think we all kind of knew that. But we all wanted to be there. You know, it was a big deal. Fifty years of you know, of friendships and community and the 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 the, the cultural um impl- app, you know whatever's of of that show. Oh yeah, and and there's a um, Tom Morris. Tell me more. Tell me more. Yes. There's a book. Wait here. Here we go. It takes me back to my commercial days. Hey. Read our book. Um, it's a wonderful book with the origin story of Greece, and um, and it's very well put together. I love what he did with uh, what all you what all of you did with the book. It's a yeah, great it's book. Fun. It's fun. It's all stories from the people who were involved um, over the years with the show, and uh, I've got a couple of nice stories included. And uh, it's just it's, it's just ridiculous that this is still going on. This show it just refuses to die. <laughs> Happily, happily, we're delighted. Yeah, and none of us got really, really, really sick. It, it, like I keep saying, that was our souvenir. Yes, well, my friend Howard Tucker says he saw me at Paper Mill that night. That's where we were, uh, you know, so it happens. So I'm gonna, we're gonna have some fun questions, but I'm gonna start because it is um, National Potato Day. And I was gonna start with you, Harlan. Are you a fan of potatoes? And if so, what's your favorite way of having potatoes? French fries, mashed potatoes, whatever way that you like them. Um, all of the above. Um, yes, I'm a huge fan of potatoes. Of course, I come from you know Iowa farm, Midwest. Um, potatoes were potatoes, meat and potatoes. That was my family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, French fries, au gratin. Uh, anyway, my grandmother or my mother made them worked for me. Okay, Martha. Oh, master baked, but yeah, Midwesterner too, but they don't like me so much. I, that, <laughs> that, trust me, I know. I, as, I, as, as I came to the, the West Coast, the meat kind of disappeared from my diet. Wow. <laughs> it happens. Danielle? 
Oh, mashed or knish, actually. Oh, knish? Wow. And what about you, Eileen? Well, actually, Danielle, I have a couple of frozen knishes in my freezer. Yeah. When I got COVID, our daughter sent us a care package from... Um, from the from Katz's Deli in New York oh, with matzo ball soup and pastrami. It was so wonderful. And um, we ate two of the knishes and put two of them in the freezer for uh, for future use. But I really like a baked potato. Mm. I, I, I think I think they're just yes. With sour cream and bacon bits. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. So I've got some round table questions that I'm going to ask, and I'm going to start with you, Harlan. Oh, man. Um, who is the person, this is going to be a difficult question for you. I know it is. Because you've been lobbing such softballs at me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who, is, who is the person that you know in your profession? Uh, maybe we'll just, uh, to your specific profession, who has the freest spirit? Oh. Oh, there's so many. Um, Carol, of course, did, but there was also Lin there's Lindsay Wagner. There was Valerie Harper, Eileen, of course. I mean, there, everything they did was very giving, very nurturing of everybody else in, in you know in what we did. Um, I've been very blessed in that way. I've I've just worked with a lot of, especially the women, have been just so very giving of their heart and their time. Um, they all worry. Harlan, don't you think that Julie Newmar is the almost definition of a free spirit? Yes, 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 yes. She's yeah, she's um, between her her dancing and her 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 personality and yeah yeah and her love of uh, of gardens and flowers and how she just loves to give people tours of the garden. Yeah, she, she's she's, she's a nymph. I mean, she's a she's a, she she is a, is a nymph. Is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's like a wood nymph. She is yeah. a woman. She is, yeah, she is just, just, yeah. Yeah, she's a definitely one of those. Tippy Hedren, absolutely one of the greatest, you know, yeah. uh, give, you know giving back. Her love of animals. All, most of my clients are huge animal people. Loretta Swid, Joan, uh, Joan Worley, Stephanie Powers, uh, Betty White, um, uh, Tippy. They're all such animal lovers that the, those kind of people have it right here, the right place right here. When, they're, when your cause is children or animals, those people generally have the greatest hearts. That's great. And uh, Julie Umar is still stupefying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Martha, what is the best thing that you inherited from both of your parents? Hmm, that's a tough one. They've been gone a really long time. <laughs> uh, I would say um, my mother's patience and tact. Okay. And your father? Sales experience. The ability to sell anybody anything. Good. Very good. Uh, Danielle, um, what do your fans and followers mean to you? Uh, if I had to choose one word, I think I would say inspiration, because really this is a very two-way street. Um, you know, I do my best to channel um, from my experience and what I'm being given from spirit to the collective, but it's really a new experience every time I interact with a follower or answer somebody's question, something new comes through. And it's always inspiring to be able to be trusted enough to be in that um, place with someone. What a great answer. That's really great. Uh, Eileen, um, do you get upset easily or do you usually remain calm and collected? I don't get upset easily at all. Um, I, it takes a lot to upset me and it takes a lot to anger me. So I'm one of those people that if I come down on you, you know that I mean it because I, mm. I, I, I don't say anything. I just, okay, everything's gonna be fine. Don't worry, everything's gonna be fine. But when it gets down to it, you know right away that you're in you're in doo doo because just don't check your phone while someone's singing in front of you. Oh my no. god! No, but uh, I mean, has that always, away? Yes. 
has that always been there or is that something that you developed as you've gotten older? No, it, it just takes a lot to rile me. It really does. Um, but when I get upset, I don't, I never, I don't, I, like the things that upset me really are not the things that are, should be shared with anybody mm -hmm. um, in my public, in my, when I say public life, I mean like in class or, you know, out and about. Um, but when I get upset about something, I get these loops in my head of why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I figure out a better way to do it? But that's, you know, that's my issue. But with mm -hmm. other people, I'm, I'm very slow, to, very, very slow to burn. I, I've got, I've got, if you don't mind my saying, Eileen and Dee Wallace are my two go-tos when I, when I need to, I need to, to, chill you know to, to to when i get so angry or something's gone wrong they calm me down they bring me back to reality they they make me feel good again so their their attitudes and their and their uh, personas are just and I, you know I'm, i mean this eileen i'm not just saying this because you're here no i i i know the phone calls harlan yes. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I'm wallace's books are part of my morning reading uh, practices you know she is a, a very uh, grounded person and she keeps me grounded. I, I love her books. Whose books? I'm sorry. Dee Wallace. Dee Wallace, yeah. Her books, her most recent one, Born, is just Born. becoming a Bible on my, yeah. Yes. Yes. So thanks for sharing that. Um, this, again, I, I keep coming, it's, it's the women in your life, Harlan. Um, what one woman most affected the choices that you've made in your career? That's really simple. My mother. My mother. Um, uh, not even so much the choices I made as the support of the choices I made. That's great. Um, I don't know that she necessarily would have made the same, wanted me to make or made the same choices I did, but she supported me in every choice I made along the way. Um, I don't know that she was thrilled about my getting into entertainment because that invites temptation. The little Quaker women aren't real big on temptation careers. Mm. Um, <laughs> but she was 100% uh, um, with me on everything I did and that, that kind of support. Um, everyone loves my mom. Everyone loves my mom. So yeah, that she's my number one. That's great. Uh, Martha, outside of the business, how do you spend your time She had to look it up on the computer. <laughs> Martha, can oh. you hear me? Oh, she just typed everyone is freezing. Oh. Oh, Martha? Oh, uh, private chat. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, everyone is freezing. Uh, I'll come back to you, Martha. So, uh, Danielle, I'll ask you that question. Um, how do you spend your off time? I don't give myself as much off time as I should because for me, my work is so much spirit. Um, but I have through the years gotten better at creating boundaries, even with spirit. And so most of my off time is about my recharge or spiritual work that's just for me rather than for clients or the collective, time in nature. Um, and things that are just for me often include things that we connect over, which is music and uh, classic movies and musical theater and things that nourish the soul so that I have enough to also provide to others as well. That's great. Martha, you're back. Martha, I think she's frozen I am. again. Uh, okay, Martha, how do you spend your off time outside? <laughs> uh, how do you spend your off time outside the business? Uh, I, I spend a lot of time traveling with my husband and friends. Experience. I like to experience something new every day. So that is my I goal. Um, I also have a pandemic. What was a puppy is now a ninety-six pound golden retriever that I spend some free time with as well. And uh, I spend a lot of time outside and doing uh, things in the sun. Oh, good for you. Uh, I also have a pandemic puppy. Uh, great. Uh, Eileen, uh, favorite movie? A movie that you can go back to over and over and over again and never get tired of? That's so. <laughs> oh. 
Wow. Anne directed and starred in this movie with Dom DeLuise and um, Ron, his last name just went right out of my head, but it is one of the absolute funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. She is a genius. I adore her. And that's so Candy Azara. If it's on, if I'm flipping through and it's on, that's it. I'm. It's hilarious and it's all about family and uh, and food and it's Little Italy and it's just everything I love and that way up there of you were hoping for something profound right now no i love it I, very I, shallow I, I, my mind is running around. <laughs> I, I have only seen bits and pieces of it i've never seen the entire movie i'm wondering if i can find it on netflix or uh you know uh, amazon prime tonight and it may be a fun friday night movie to go and watch it's just delicious Along with a baked potato there you go well no i think you need a little linguine and clams with it i would okay. give up the baked potato yeah okay <laughs> um so harlan this is going to be an interesting question for you but what is the greatest joy of performing and i'm going to say jerry herman for you Everything, um, Jerry just seems to, he was a client and a very good friend. So everything Jerry seemed to write, and I know other people feel the same way, just seems to have been for me. Mm -hmm. Every word, every song, it was as if he had written the song, you know, it's Charles Fox is another wonderful you know, composer. He wrote, you're uh, killing me softly with his song, Jerry, was every word of every song he wrote was as if he was going, this would be for Harlan. It just felt like everything he ever wrote was just, you know, um, that's not to put all the others that I've worked with, you know, as any lesser. Um, I loved Marvin. I loved um, Stephen. I loved, you know, all of them that I got to work with. But Jerry just had, it, it's almost like he, he wrote for my personality in just about everything from Lacage to Mac and Mabel to Hello Dolly to Maine, especially Maine. Um, uh, it just uh, lifts my spirit and I get, I walk away smiling no matter what it is. That's great. I feel the same way. I just love him. Uh, Martha, uh, what is yeah. your, what is your greatest love story in performing a moment and what I mean by that is a moment where everything just came together with you, with the material, the audience, everything just coming together. You know, my performing to this date has been mostly on the classical stage, so that doesn't happen very much. But I would say in the cabaret stage, it's the connection I have with an audience. Um, uh, I sing because I love to sing. And if I sense that they love that back, it's it's the moment every time. Um, there's it it happens in every show. It it's never one specific song or number, but there is a moment when you catch the audience feeling what you're feeling, and that is the that is the time. Um, absolutely, I know exactly what you mean. That's what it's all about, uh, Danielle. What would your uh, business look like if you could only focus on one? aspect of it mm. well i think everything boils down to helping people empower themselves through everything i do so that would probably if i could only do one aspect i would probably choose teaching or large group work um, so that i could still help a lot of people and uh, inspire a lot of people Great. Uh, Eileen, what inspires you to get out of bed each day? Coffee. <laughs> I'll drink to that. I'm having a cup of coffee right now. Um, yes. I told you I'm shallow. I told you. Um, you, you know, speaking of uh, our great musical theater um, canon, there's that song from Zorba, Life. Life is what you do while you're waiting to die. 
you wake up in the morning and you get going because you just don't know. I mean, I'm older than, than everybody on this Zoom, uh, on this, uh, not this Zoom well, platform, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm not, I'm not being morbid or anything, but most of my life is over. It, it's already happened. So if I have 20 years left, 25 years left, I think I'm going to be extraordinarily lucky. So I have to get up and live those days that are, that are left to me. Um, and I feel it. I feel it every day. Uh, the realization of where I am and the continuum of my life story is with me every day. And I'm not a huge go-getter, go out and do a million things today. That's not my nature. It's not my personality. But I still, I'm still curious to see what's going to happen. And I think that's what, that's what it is. I'm so glad you said that because I totally agree with that, with everything you've just said. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I somehow, and I've had this discussion with Danielle before, um, I somehow have this heightened sense of how fragile it all is, you know, and in a moment it could be gone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to get morbid here at all, but just last week here in New York, two men left a barbershop and they were standing on a street corner having a conversation and a car randomly came around the, and they were gone. And, uh, and as I heard this story on the news, it affected me on such a deep level. And I, I mean, I just burst into tears hearing this story. And I thought about the lives lost and the, you know, way beyond that moment that you're hearing about on the news. And daily, we hear these stories on the news of these horrific stories and we don't think about the ripple effects that this. Go ahead, Harlan. Yeah, I, I want to say, um, um, I think Eileen can vouch this. I have lost so many people, uh, not just over the years, um, um, just especially recently. Someone said something, again, going back to Dee Wallace. I was at a function, someone walked up to me and she said, you must be very important and I, I thought she meant career. And I said, no, I guess I'm not without influence. She said, no, no, you're surrounded by angels. And that thought has stuck with me now that I, I think of every person I've lost is now a protective angel around me. I cannot tell you how much that makes me feel better to think that all my clients, my friends, everyone around are around me watching over me. It gives me so much joy. A friend of mine, when a, a, a friend passed away who was older, um, said, well, they know the secret now. And the thought that they are now with me, I really believe that our angels, our friends, those really good people who loved us are with us all the time. I totally believe that. Absolutely. And if I could say something, Richard, I think uh, it's important to remember that when they're around you and they've already passed over, it's an extra bit of love because you know for sure that they're around you by choice. In this yeah. life, there's so much that feels um, either karmically driven or done out of definition of what we are to each other. But once they're on the other side and they have complete and total freedom and they choose to continue to watch over you and come around you, I see it as even more loving because they could literally be everywhere and anywhere and they're continuing to choose to love you even on a higher level than they ever did before and, and use their, their energy to be still in your energy. I know you're going to think that I am totally off my rocker if you don't already think so. Uh, but I listen to my device. I'm not going to mention the name because it'll start playing in a moment. But I listen to streaming music all day long. And uh, Harlan, you, of course, know my love of Carol and everything. Um, four different times I've been listening to whatever genre of music I've been listening to. And the music has changed to Carol Channing's music. On That's not crazy at all. It happens all the time. It happens, and I go, Carol, stop it. 
I'm listening to something else, and it, but it happens quite frequently, and it's unbelievable. No, I absolutely, and I can actually define. I know when it's Rip Taylor. I know when it's Bob Hope. I know when it's Carol Channing. I know when it's Esther. I know by my reaction. When I, I, I suddenly laugh for no reason, I know Rip is doing something. Is it confetti? Is it confetti? Yeah, thank you. No, there, there have been signs. Um, so yeah, I think those those people absolutely. So yeah, mark their mark their territory when they're around you, so you know. Mark their territory when you're around you, so you know. So I want to let everyone know so that the the giveaway is hope. So I'm gonna uh, so make sure that uh, you comment with the word hope. We're getting a little echo for a reason all this I don't know. Yeah, I'm See, that's it just means it's so important. Hope has to be repeated over and over. Um, so, uh, I'm going to ask one last question of everyone. And I don't know why I'm. Getting, uh, I don't know why I'm. Getting, I don't know why it's repeating all of a sudden. Maybe if we all mute ourselves and then unmute, it'll help us. Let's try that. Okay. Good. So this is going to be my last question as everyone uh, types in the word uh, hashtag hope. Uh, and I have a daily act of kindness calendar. Uh, again, thanks to my dear friend, Howard Tucker. And it says, make a list of three good things that happened today. And I'm going to start with you, Harlan. Three th good things that happened today? Yes. Well, this is on the top of the list. Well, thank you. Um, um, I finished all my emails this today, uh, but, uh, which is unheard of. I get literally almost a thousand a day sometimes. Um, so I got through my emails. I finished writing the press materials I needed to have done today. Um, and uh, I connected with um, a couple friends I haven't seen in a long, long time. Um, out of the blue, they gave me calls. So those are, those are three blessings for me today. That's great. Same question for you, Martha. I'm struggling with three great things that happened today. I didn't do that much. Um, number one, being on your show. I'm thrilled thank to be you. here. And yeah. thank you for having me. And this has been a pleasure. And, and meeting all of you at the same time has been lovely as well. I closed a big contract for my other side of my life. So that was a really good thing today, too. And uh I got to see a very old friend that I don't see very often today. And that was lovely. That's great. Danielle. That's great. Yes. So I got to be on this show spontaneously and, and get to see and hang out with all of you. That's number one. Uh, I connected with uh, a friend and her new baby, even though we're miles and miles apart and States apart. And, um, I actually uh, celebrated uh, Lord Krishna's birthday because I participate in several different religions. And so happy uh, Krishna's birthday to our Hindu friends, if anybody else is watching. Thank you. And Eileen. Uh, you're muted. Okay. <laughs> so. I am no longer muted. No, no. The thing was I was able to find the mute button and mute and unmute. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got my passport application into the Burbank uh, City Hall, uh, which was more complicated than it sounds. Um, but I got that crossed off the list. And I am doing the laundry from what well, we just were in Chicago, Illinois, seeing our daughter, Nika Graf Lanzaroni, in the new musical based on The Devil Wears Prada. So we have, and that was great. And so when you come home from a trip, no matter how long you've been away, you've got the laundry to do. I got the laundry in, and it sounds like a little thing, but it wasn't a little thing. And, you know, right. it's, it's the little things in my life that make me happy just to cross them, cross them off the list. Oh, and I started to org. Oh, and somebody sent me a great, I'm going to, I'm thinking about putting a show together. So I'm doing a lot of research right now. And somebody sent me a great song that I was unaware existed. So I put that on my list of, of potential material for this uh, show I'm thinking of doing. So that was a, that was a really good thing. That's great. So don't go anywhere for a moment. We're going to, I'm going to bring this back on. And I am going to uh, do the draw. So thank you all for being here. And we'll I'll put together a little uh, package based on uh, 
today's show and send this out. Francis Shea is our winner once again. Congrats, Francis. Uh, I'm going to remove this. I'm going to say my final uh, goodbye today, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Harlan. You'll pick the next person. That person will pick the next person. And then the last person, when you say goodbye, the credits will roll. So you don't have to worry about how do I get out of here. Um, So I want to thank everybody for showing up today. Uh, As I always say, I don't take it lightly when you show up. So thank you all for being here. Um, Hope. Uh, That's the one thing that we all have, and we have to hold on to this. Uh, I believe that if we hope uh, for the best, uh, not only for each other, but for ourselves, we can change the world. And rather than thinking about the bigger picture, uh, it's like I always say to all of my friends, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Just get through the day. Think of it as a 24-hour gift. Get through it with all the hope that you can muster. And then if it doesn't go the way that you planned, you've got the next day to clean up pieces and start all over again. I always end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, And uh, what I'd like you all to do is to go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the sixth person that pops up on your Facebook friends list. Reach out with a phone call, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. As my dear friend Sean Moniger always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So I'm going to leave the screen. And Harlan, you've got the next word. Anything you want to say about anything we talked about today? (coughs) I'm getting choked up. That you want to talk about? Anything that we didn't mention that you wish we had? or just any final message you want to leave for everyone. Thank you for being here today. And uh, everyone, just keep hoping. And tomorrow afternoon, everyone, at 2 o'clock, my very special guest, Karen Morrow. Oh, I love Karen. Thank you. So it's all yours, Harl. Um, I think right now, based on our conversations and uh, everything going on, I'm just realizing how very blessed I've been. Um, all the friends and all the wonderful people I've gotten to work with, um, all the people who have blessed my life. I'm very, very grateful. And all I can say to everyone out there is please don't don't uh, take that for granted. Um, I'm going to actually go out and, and reach out to some people I haven't spoken to in a long time because there's nothing worse than uh, losing contact with them and then hearing they're gone or something later. Um, seriously, just reach out. Uh, be grateful for all the friends you have because that's – I know it's a cliche, but they are really the best investment you've got in your life. So thank you all for everything. Thank you for all the wonderful people I I get to have in my life. And um, since I chose her to begin with, I'll just go with Martha next. And Martha, I want to hear you say. Oh, well, (laughs) come to New York or or tune in on the live feed or Charlotte or Chicago. But I'm very grateful to have been here today. And I just want to leave everybody with one little thought from Charles Schultz. A whole stack of memories never equal one little hope. All we need is one little hope. So thank you again and have a great weekend. And I look forward to seeing you all again. Bye-bye. You have to pick someone. Oh, (laughs) Eileen. Thank you, Martha. What a what a pleasure it was to meet you and Danielle. My my mother uh, was very very smart and um, very realistic and very down to earth and very um, very straight. And the one thing that she always told me is just you only need one thing. You just need to live by the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you want people to be kind to you, be kind to them. And that's how I choose to live my life. That's what I strive for anyway. 
And I hope that there is health and kindness and love in all of your lives and that you have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. Well, first of all, thank you, Richard. And so nice to meet you, Harlan and Eileen and Martha. Um, I do want to say for anyone who isn't at that place in their life yet where they can take the perspective like uh, Richard and Eileen of curiosity and looking forward to and appreciating each day. If you've been going through a hard time lately, which in the past few years, so many of us have, or if you feel like you keep carrying something forward and you're working through something difficult in your life, please remember Remember, if hope is difficult for you right now, you always have control over at least one thing, which is your perspective and your reaction to anything that's happening in your life. Even if it's a reoccurring illness or, or situation or anything that you've been carrying that's heavy. And so if you can reframe each day that way, where just how can I look at it differently today? or in this moment, it opens the door for more hope and more good fortune and more positive opportunities to come to you. And so if anybody is needing to hear that today, I really hope that that has helped you and that we can eventually all continuously get to and be in the wonderful place that Eileen and Richard are in and that I uh, strive to be in as well. And I know so many and some in our group are also struggling with health issues. So my prayers and love are with you. I appreciate everybody in the Richard Skipper Celebrates family. And I'm so happy to be here again. Um, if you'd like to find me, you can find me on my website, damseldesigns.com, which Richard is always kind enough to link. And since he brought up Mercury Retrograde and we are entering, remember, don't enter it with fear. Approach everything and as much as you can with curiosity and love. And I hope to see you again. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye.